96.7 FM WTOB. You're listening to The Wealth Guardian Show with Doug Ray, helping you retire the job and keep the paycheck. Today you have Garrett Ray and with me is Bryce Payne. And this morning we are opening up the mailbag and we are answering listener submitted questions. Good morning, Bryce. How are you doing? Good morning, Garrett. I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing okay. It is uh, rapidly approaching the holiday season and Christmas, so getting geared up for that with the family and it's all getting good. All looking good. The one thing that's not looking good, and I suspect this might be a question in our uh, mailbag <clears throat> this week, is Doug, Bryce, and Garrett, why are the Panthers so terrible? Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's gotten to be, I think it's going to be a next year project at, at a minimum. So. We have joked here that there is something called the uh, Wealth Guardians Curse, and mm-hmm. uh, every football team that Bryce, Doug, or Garrett and I support are all terrible, and uh, that was yep. in full force last weekend. The Broncos lost, Green Bay Packers lost, and the Panthers lost. <laughs> so uh, we're zero for three. Zero <laughs> for three last week. Yep. But yes, the holiday weekend is upon us, and uh, yep. thank you all for joining us this uh, this weekend. I know you probably got a lot on your plate, and you wanted to take a minute and see what Doug Garrett and Bryce had to say for the weekend. So thank you for that. Uh, before we do get started on our mailback and dipping into what our listener questions are, let's go ahead and take a moment and do our Wealth Guardian service salute to. Uh, Not the Panthers, but everybody else who served the country out there who puts on a uniform and uh, does their best for the old Stars and Stripes. We know this is the toughest time of the year to do that, particularly if you're away from your family. It's a job that is often underappreciated or completely unappreciated by those Mm. out there. Uh, Garrett, you served. uh, Doug, your dad served. And so we want to thank everybody out there who puts on the uniform. Uh, We do appreciate you here at the Wealth Guardian. So... There's that salute to you. Hopefully you uh, do have some time with your family over this holiday weekend and week. All right. So, uh, Garrett, let's go ahead and uh, move past uh, terrible football (laughs) conversation. You you notice we're just going to skip right over that and just go right into the mailbag here. Sure. So our first question, uh, Garrett, comes from – well, you read it off. Who's our first question here? Yeah, so this one comes from Chris, and uh, Chris is in Winston-Salem, and he says this. He says, I owe $21,000 on my truck, and that's my only debt. I just hit 59 and a half, so I can take the money out of my 401k now without penalty. Should I make a withdrawal to pay off the truck and be debt-free? What are your thoughts? Well, I, I honestly, let's think about this, Chris. I do like the fact that you're considering this, because there is good debt and there's bad debt out there. Mortgage is, is usually considered a good debt. A, a truck loan can be good, can be bad. It really depends on the interest rate that you're paying on that. And that's going to probably be the main factor that we would ask. But if I was to tell somebody, yeah, go ahead and pay that off sooner than later if you've got the extra funds sitting around for it, I don't know that I would recommend dipping into an IRA for it. That money was meant for retirement. You you got a benefit of a tax <clears throat> deduction in the year that you made that contribution. If you have extra money sitting around in an individual or a non-qualified account or a bank account, Perhaps then, if your interest rate is higher, say five, six, seven, eight percent, mm-hmm. and your, your the uh, interest or the uh, the returns that you're getting on your investments are equal to that or lower to that, okay, I can see you paying off your 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 debt and just wanting to be debt free um, earlier than later. But your IRA, keep in mind that any monies that you have in your IRA, every year that you file taxes, you get a standard deduction tax free. That's mm-hmm. usually around twenty nine thousand. We'll call it that for not knowing whether or not you file joint or not. That twenty nine thousand is money that you could take out of your IRA and use it to supplement Social Security when you're retired, and you wouldn't have to pay taxes on that. If you take right. it out right now and you're still working, that would be money that you have to pay taxes on. So I mm-hmm. don't know that it's a win win for you to. Yes, it's a win to be debt free. I get that, but it, there might be a better strategy for you to use out there. 
Yeah, the the other thing too that I think about is if he's going to take it out of his four hundred and one k or an IRA, uh, assuming it's traditional, then that twenty one thousand dollars is going to show up as he's going to have to claim that as income, right? So you know, if especially if he's still working, um, that could potentially bump him up into a higher income bracket. Um, which great point. He may not. He may be happy about paying off the truck, but he may be unhappy with Uncle Sam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> come April. That's right. So. Uh, that's something I didn't bring up. If you're just taking it out of a of a checking account or a savings account, there's not going to be too much uh, 1099 interest right. on that. So right. it wouldn't kick you up into a higher tax bracket, or you wouldn't be paying long term or short term capital gains on it. All right, Chris. Well, thank you for the question, and I hope that helped you answer it. This is Bryce, and this is Garrett, and this is the Wealth Guardians Radio Show. And if you're just tuning in, you're listening to us on the last weekend of the year where we're taking mailbag questions, questions from our listeners out there around the triad area. So thank you for joining us. And let's move on to our second question here. And this is Grace. This is Grace and Boone. Garrett, what does Grace ask us? So Grace says this. She goes, I'd like to start putting money into a college fund for my grandkids. Should I set up a 529 plan for them or should I just invest my own and give money to them when they go to school? So she's basically saying, should I allocate my investments into a 529 or should I do just investing on the side uh, in some other account that she didn't name and then just give them the money when they go to school? Pro and con to each. I was about to say. Yeah, yeah there's a pro and a, con to each, Grace. Almost a toss-up, yeah. Yeah, so Grace, one of the pros of doing going through a 529 plan is you get a tax deduction, just kind of like mm-hmm. you contributing to an IRA. Whatever you contribute into a 529 plan is a tax deduction for you. The money will uh, not be taxed as long as it goes to um, higher education, or I think now mm. it's even uh, uh, high school education. It can be primary and trade schools, primary I believe, school. too. Yeah. Okay, so as long as it's going to education, then it'll be a tax deduction for you. Um, but 529 accounts are notoriously limited in what mm-hmm. your investment options are inside them. Uh, you'll have a, a couple of different mutual fund type mm. of investment options, but that's it. If you think that you can do better investment-wise, by investing yourself over a longer period of time than going through some cookie cutter type of mutual funds and the additional growth that you think you can benefit from doing the investing yourself, that's going to offset the tax benefit of investing through a 529, then I would say you could do it that way as well. But if you're really looking for the tax benefit, the 529 is gonna be the way to go. Yeah, I would agree, especially if Grace is, you know, she, younger. She, she, yeah, well, exactly. If she's younger, but she's still working, let's say she's a high, you know, income earner. You know, she said it was grandkids. Grandkids, um, but, right. But, you know, she could be in her 50s and, you know, perhaps her, her daughter or son, whoever had the grandkids, is in their 20s. Um, you know, it would make sense if she's in a high income bracket to go ahead and start up the 529, get that tax deduction while you're, you know, making your high income and also providing, of course, for the grandkids, which is the ultimate goal. Um, if Grace is fully retired, though, perhaps in a lower income uh, tax bracket, it, it may not be as big of uh, moving the needle there on the on the tax deduction, but yeah. all things to consider. Yeah, all things to consider. And I'll point out to, to both Chris <laughs> and Grace, Chris asked a great question about whether or not to pay off a loan early, and Grace asked a great question about uh, saving for grandkids via 529s versus other types of accounts. These are types of questions that if you went to a holistic financial planner, specifically a retirement planner that we are here at the Wealth Guardians, these are the types of questions that we help you answer and figure out the pros and the cons, the the good side and the trade-offs of doing all kinds of investing or debt payoff or what have you about budgeting Uh, social security filing, tax mitigation strategies, all these things is what a holistic financial planner helps you figure out so that all of your monies 
going up to retirement and then through retirement are working in your favor. And that's what we do here at the Wealth Guardians. We, uh, we sit down with about 50 households a year and help them figure out if they really do want a financial planner working for them when it comes to making money decisions. Of those 50 clients, I would say about 45 of them, uh, out of those 50 households, I should say, about 45 of them become clients a year because we show them the benefit of having a uh, Mm. financial planner on their side. So if you'd like to sit down with Doug, Garrett, and myself and see what, uh, if you've got questions yourself about, hey, am I doing everything right for retirement? You know, a lot of times you don't get a do-over. When right. it comes to retirement. So <laughs> once true. you file for Social Security, there's not a do-over. And you, you would hate to realize, oh, I should have filed this way. It would have meant mm. the difference of $50,000 by the time I'm 90. Well, we can help you see that ahead of time. And so you can make your decision based on knowing all the facts. Here's how you do it. You want to go through a four-meeting process with Doug Garrett and myself. Uh, there's no cost. There's no obligation to you. But you do got to sit down with us and you do got to call us in order to sit down with us. And our phone number is 336-391-391. 3409. That's 336-391-3409. You can also visit us at our website, We'd love to sit down with you and see what help and services we might be able to provide and you planning for your retirement. All right. Well, let's go ahead now and get to uh, Jack in Mount Airy. Garrett, what does Jack say? Yeah, Jack has a really good question here. Um, his question is, my pension doesn't provide an inflation raise each year, so I'll still be getting the same amount at age 85 that I would have started at age 65. Should I even bother taking the spousal continuation option for my wife to keep getting the monthly payment if she outlives me? Very interesting. And I like the fact that Jack is thinking about inflation as it right. pertains to his pension. Right. Um, yeah. You know, my, my initial thoughts would be if we're worried about the pension amount, that monthly income stream coming into you not keeping up with inflation, and this certainly would not, um, perhaps we have, and it depends on the pension plan. But is there an, an option to basically take the pension out as a lump sum right. and then reinvest that into an investment of your choice outside of the pension plan that could perhaps keep up with inflation uh, with that being the goal? And then you could just take a regular distribution off of that investment account uh, all the while, you right. know, all the way through retirement. Right. You know, and, I, and I've, we've all seen pension plans like this, Bryce, where, you know, they might be getting 1500 or 2000 a month. And that sounds good right now today. Uh, but how good is that 1500 or 2000 a month, you know, 10, 15, 20 years down the road? Probably not as much. Right. So. Yeah. And Jack, that's a great question. Uh, but here's some things to consider. If somebody was sitting across from me at the table in our conference room and said, hey, should I should I uh, do the spousal continuation option or the second to, to die uh, for my uh, pension payout? Here's the things I would want mm. to ask as follow-up questions so that I could get an answer for them. Uh, here's the things to consider. Will there be a mortgage in retirement? That's one thing you want to consider. Mm-hmm. What is the age difference between the husband and the wife? Is she 20 years younger than you? All right. That's going Im- to impact uh, whether I tell you yes, you should do it, or, or no, you shouldn't. Uh, what is her Social Security full retirement age amount compared to yours? Because the uh, after one person yeah. passes, the survivor gets the option of taking the higher of the two Social Security amounts. So if yours is significantly higher than hers, right. um, then you might not need a second to uh, to die on your uh, your pension payout. Your pension. Yeah. Um, you, you said this one, Garrick, does your uh, pension offer a lump sum amount? Okay, that's something to consider. And does the company you work for have solid financial standing? There's no guarantee that that company, even though they promise you a pension for the rest of your life, there's no guarantee that company will be in existence 10 years from now. Yeah, and they may case, restructure that pension. Yeah. 
That's exactly right. All right. Well, that's going to cover it. Thanks, Jack, for your question. I I do like that. And if you do want to sit down with us again, our phone number is 336-391-3409. All right, Garrett, uh, we've got to go away to a break here. And then we've only got one segment left for the year uh, 2023. So uh, before we go to our last segment, I've got a trivia question for you. And we're going to make it around Christmas. Are you ready? Okay, let's do it. All right. It's time for the Wealth Guardian's trivia question of the week. Think of a candy cane. Okay. All right. There's all kinds of good candies out there around the holiday season. What are candy canes meant to represent? Think of them. Very broad question, but uh, I love the answer to this. That's why I threw it out as a trivia question. I wasn't aware of this until I read this. What are candy canes meant to represent? Okay, stick around for the answer to that trivia question and see if we stumped Garrett on the other side of this short break. This is Bryce Payne. With me is Garrett Ray. The show's The Wealth Guardians, helping you retire the job and keep the paycheck. And this is 96.7 FM, WTOB. 96.7 FM, WTOB. You're listening to The Wealth Guardian Show with Doug Ray, helping you retire the job and keep the paycheck. I'm Bryce Payne, along with Garrett Ray this week. And in the second segment this morning, we're going to continue our conversation and dipping into the mailbag from our listener questions over the course of December. In the second segment, while we continue that, we're also going to get to the trivia question here. But before I get to the trivia question, I've got two questions for you. Same questions I've asked you from January all the way through December in 2023. First question is, are you looking forward to your retirement? Your answer should be yes to that. Here's the second question. Do you want to make sure that you're making the best financial decisions for your retirement? Well, I can't imagine anybody said no to that. So I'm going to assume you answered yes to both of those questions. If you did, then I've got great news for you. We here at the Wealth Guardians offer a no cost, no obligation, second opinion slash review of your retirement plan. This will include a deep analysis of your assets and your investment portfolio, your insurance policies, your income needs, your risk tolerance, your risk exposure, your tax mitigation strategies, your legacy goals, and a deep dive into the fees that you are currently paying. So here's our goal. We want to help you lower your fees. We want to help you lessen your tax obligations. We want to help you align your risk and improve your overall retirement picture so you can indeed retire the job and keep the paycheck. But the ball's in your court. You have to give us a call. We can't call you. Our phone number is this, 336-391-3409. I'll repeat that, 336-391-3409. Give us a call or visit us at thewealthguardians.com to set up your financial plan review with Doug Garrett and myself today. I want you to remember, the markets aren't going to wait for you. Okay, now let's go ahead and get to the answer of that trivia question. Garrett, I'll repeat this. Are you ready? I'm ready. What are candy canes meant to represent? Think of them. Yeah, so my thought process is, I. so first off, I don't know the answer. I'm going to take an educated guess. Um, I believe this is supposed to represent the from the story of Mary and Joseph. Joseph was a shepherd. And so the cane was used to, in his shepherding duties. Uh, that's what I believe the candy cane to represent. All right. I got it. <laughs> you got it exactly, Garrett. It is meant to represent the shepherd's staff. Now, Joseph, I believe, was a carpenter. 
as they said. Oh, but but okay. the shepherds did come. Okay. The, the three shepherds did see was the, the star. Maybe it was. Yeah, yeah, it was a carpenter. Okay. More more accurately, I think he was a home builder, and they built the homes out of stone back there. But that's, okay. a, that's a different story. But yes, it was meant to represent the shepherd staff from the shepherds who visited baby Jesus in the manger. And I love it when Garrett uses his deductive reasoning because he's <laughs> always spot on with it, just as you were here. All right. So uh, good job on that. And uh, if, if, you, uh, if, if we didn't stump you and you got the answer right out there, well, congratulations to you out there. And have a candy cane on us. All right, Garrett, let's move now to the second segment. And we've got Tess in Yadkinville. And I'll read this one this time. Okay. Tess says, Garrett and Doug. Doesn't mention my name in there. I wonder why that is. (laughs) All right, so I'm not going to answer. I'm just going to give it to uh, Tess's question straight to Garrett. Garrett and Doug, my husband is 11 years older than me. And I probably have better genes than he does, so it seems likely that I'll be a widow for a significant portion of my retirement years. What sort of financial planning challenges does this create for me? Oh, that's a great question, Tess, and I'm glad you're thinking ahead. Yeah, there's there's all types of uh, avenues we could go down on this answer. Um, first and foremost, you know, the one thing that I would want to do with hopefully Tess and her husband uh, while he's still around is to let's just start off with some of the basics, and the basics being. Let's look at your husband's accounts and let's review the beneficiaries we have on those accounts. You know, is it possible that, you know, when her husband was a young man that he started up in a, an investment account that didn't have a business, uh, beneficiary designated at all? Let's make sure Tess is on those beneficiaries. Always a wise thing to do. Always a wise thing to do. Um, let's talk about, is there any life insurance policies out there that we need to consider um, that should the husband pass that you know, right. Tess is going to be entitled to some sort of a death benefit um, off of a life insurance policy and have a plan for that benefit when it uh, ultimately does come to realize. That's right. Um, we could also get it on the path of how are they filing for Social Security uh, based yep. between him and her. We don't know from this question who is or was the higher income earner during their working years. Right. But um, one of the things that we typically see when we have uh, a couple that, you know, let's say there was one majority breadwinner throughout the, the working years, the strategy would be that the lower earning spouse files earlier to get that stream of income started. The higher earning spouse waits as long as he or she possibly can so that if that higher earner, let's say that, you know, her husband was the higher earner and he's significantly older, well, when he does eventually pass, if he waits to file for Social Security, it's going to be at a much higher uh, benefit, and then she would step in automatically into that benefit um, as a survivor. Yeah, that's, uh, that, that's all very good points, Garrett. Uh, <laughs> I'll add this test. Think of it this way. Uh, when a uh, one member of a husband-wife unit is uh, – it has passed away, the income is often cut in half, mm. you're going to get this larger Social Security benefit, as Garrett said, but expenses aren't cut in half. Expenses are right. only cut about a third or even maybe just a fourth. So yep. you've got a larger proportion of expenses compared to how much income you have. Um, is there still going to be debt if he passes away like a mortgage? That's something to consider. Yep. Another good one. Because I like the way Tess asked the question. It goes, um, what sort of financial planning challenges does this create for me? So she didn't ask mm-hmm. us a, a specific question. She asked in a broad sense, which I like that. So uh, one of the one of the challenges is going to be if you have a lot of years of a mortgage payment going on uh, with just your income, that that's going to be one of the challenges that you might have. Right. And that's where the question of life insurance comes in. Is that appropriate for you? A question I would have for you is, uh, have you considered whether or not you're going to want to stay in that same house or will you downsize? Mm-hmm. Um, even though we downsize, sometimes there's still a cost of moving that doesn't 
offset the uh, the lower cost of the mortgage. Um, what kind of investments and investment income will be left behind to supplement Social Security as well? So there's a lot of things to consider there, Tess. So I, I congratulate you on asking a very good question and thinking, year, hopefully, for you years <laughs> down the road. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Doug and uh, Garrett and Bryce here on the Wealth Guardians radio show. It's just Garrett and Bryce this weekend. But uh, we're taking listener questions from the mailbag here on the final weekend of our uh, Wealth Guardians radio show weekend. And that was a question from Tess. We've also entertained questions from Chris and Grace and Jack, the show. We've got two more to go. And this one is Randall in Burlington. And Randall asks us, I've never worked with a financial advisor before, but I'm thinking it might be time to start as I get closer to retirement. What are the things I'd be most likely to mess up if I try to do it all on my own? And I like that question. Um, <laughs> let me jump in here quick, Garrett, and give, okay. give my answers sure. to this, and then you, you hit whatever points I miss here. So Randall, we have seen people who go on a weekend getaway and they make plans on where they're going to eat and which route they're going to take and where they're going to stay. They plan all that in ahead. Think of retirement as a 30-year vacation. You probably want to have a roadmap in place for you. So you ask me, uh, you're thinking it might be time to start as you get close to retirement of having a financial planner. I would agree with that statement. Yes, mm. you should have a retirement planner as you get close to retirement. Your specific question is, what are the things I'd most likely mess up if I try to do it on my own? Great way of asking that question. So here's your answers for me. Um, you're likely to underestimate inflation. Mm -hmm. uh, you're likely to rely on a current tax bracket law that might not be what the tax laws are going on into the future. Uh, you might be likely to underestimate your life expectancy. Yep. If, you, if, you, if you overestimate it, that's not a problem. If you underestimate and say, I only want to plan for myself living to be age 90. Well, what if you planned it? What if you live to 95? So we want to plan for you living a long life. And so that's something that somebody might uh, uh, mess up. Um, you're going to overlook something that is called the sequence of return risk. Mm -hmm. And that is where you could have two couples who have the same exact returns year in and year out for a 30-year period, but you reverse and invert the returns of one family compared to the other, where they have Every year they had the same one couple had the negative 3.5 and then the negative 10.5 and then the negative 15 years. But one couple had them early on in retirement and the other one had them later on in retirement. It is really important to understand what the sequence of return risk is and that if you have large losses early on in retirement compared to later on in retirement, that is something that you would probably not do right if you were doing a retirement plan for yourself. Yeah. Garrett, what else would you uh, talk about, Randall, that he's likely to, to not get right if he tried to do a retirement plan on his own? Yeah, just kind of picking up with the, the idea of risk in general. Lots of people, I would say you're likely to, to underestimate the amount of risk you have in general inside of your portfolio. Yes, um, yes. You know, typically most people, as they enter their retirement years, they want to become more protective, more defensive about their investments, but they're invested like they were in their 30s, 40s, and even early 50s. Uh, typically, those types of portfolios are going to have too much volatility for your average retiree. That's, that's absolutely correct. Um, I would also say this, um, Randall, you, you're probably likely to fail to consider one-off expenses year oh, after yeah. year. When somebody does do a budget, they can be good at figuring out how much their uh, utilities is, their water, their gas, their gas in the car, their insurance uh, for um, owning the home, those kind of things. But what about the 
once in a while there's going to be the water heater or the roof mm-hmm. or home expenses are huge. What about needing to get new tires on the car? Yeah. Somebody think, oh, that's not important. That's just a one-off expense. Yeah, but there's always one-off expenses. There's <laughs> right. there's never a year where you don't have some kind of one-off expense. So that's something else that you would be likely to not get right is your expenses when considering the one-off expenses. And here's one last one too, Garrett. Okay. Underestimating healthcare costs. Oh, yeah. Big one. Yep. Somebody might think, you know, hey, I'm 65 years old. I've been healthy all my life. Let's say that I just spend $1,000 or a couple thousand dollars a year on healthcare costs going through retirement. That's what's got me through the first 65 years of my life. Yep. That's a mistake. You, yeah. you can't rely on that. You know, what what you've spent on uh, healthcare costs going up to age 65 is not an accurate representation of what your healthcare costs are going to be through retirement. That's so going to be a lot more at that point. So, uh, uh, Randall, really good question. I really like that. Uh, I, I would beseech you to sit down with a uh, retirement specialist. We here at the Wealth Guardians are fiduciaries. We're holistic planners that specialize in retirement planning. There is no cost. There is no obligation to sit down with us, whether it's January, whether it's March or July, or even here in the holiday weekends. Uh, there's no cost to us. It's just your cost of getting to our uh, office and sitting down with us, like whatever that gas cost is. Um, that's going to wrap it up for not just this weekend, but for 2023. Yeah. Garrett, thank you for sitting down with me all these weeks. Uh, Doug, I know you're out there hoping you're having a good Christmas uh, in 2023. Happy New Year's to everybody out there. And we will catch you on the flip side in 2024. I hope the rest of your year is everything that you want it to be. I'm Bryce. And I'm Garrett Ray. And this is 96.7 FM WTOB. Investment advisory services offered through AlphaStar Capital Management, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability. AlphaStar Capital Management, LLC, and Wealth Guardians are independent entities. The firm only transacts business in states where it is properly registered or is excluded or exempted from registration requirements. Insurance products and services offered through individually licensed and appointed agents in various jurisdictions.